0: Welcome to Moving With Live, this is episode number 25, I am Andy Acosta, my friend Eddie Signs will be joining me today. Listeners, thank you for tuning in, thank you for lending us your ears, don't forget to subscribe, don't forget to leave reviews, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and YouTube. So episode 25 starts off with a little essay that I wrote titled Timeline of Success, and just to sum it up, it is my point of view a little over six months ago leading up to the beginning of this podcast and how I felt at the time being a 25-year-old millennial. From there, we go into some questions defining our definition of success and what we think it is right now, what results we want to accomplish from our success going beyond finance and monetary value. We then talk about if we were to receive success tomorrow, then what what would we do today? How would we go about our day? Uh, and how we go about you know, the next move, the next transition, other things that we want. That ties in value, that ties in communication. We dive into whys, why communication is important, uh, giving value to you, the listener, giving value to everybody who comes out to our shows as well. We talk about optimism and going beyond hope. So without further ado, here is Moving With Life. So it's just me and Eddie today.
1: Is the camera still going when it goes blank? No, no, it's it's off it, right now. No, it's, oh, okay. it's not.
0: Yeah, I don't have it. Go- I don't have it rolling. Oh, okay. It's just, it's just on. I want I want to get into this and then uh, we'll go from there. Cool. Um, main thing that stuck with me today, Sunday, is uh, Gonzo's question on Friday, on our way to Conrail. He said, "What is your definition of success?" So, um, I did create a. <coughs> excuse me a bunch of questions that i would like for us to like kind of dive into but before we do that i do want to read what i would call my first official essay post-college i wrote this back in uh i think december this was when already the idea of podcast was already solidified as well but i was gonna i didn't know i guess in retrospect i didn't know what what i wanted to do you know um i love the Q, I love the conversation style of joe rogan i like the book reviews of jocko the information and knowledge from tim ferris and sam sam harris um but i had written this little essay uh i guess early to mid january because actually no early to mid december sorry and uh i were doing this because i was actually substituting it was one of my first substituting gigs but when we were there it was one of the gigs i had uh there's, like, two TAs with me. And so they, like, there was no class, essentially. So I had free, like, I literally had free time. And so I started writing. I'm like, well, I, you know, I guess I can start writing. Anyways, so I went back into my old journal. I'm like, man, what what else can I do besides questions? I want to at least to start off with something a little more solid. And then I saw the title. And the title of this little essay is Timeline of Success. Because even then, I was already, like, you know, we're in a certain section where we're building something. And I, my favorite uh, reference is Granger Smith. You know, all the hustle that we know he did before he got to where he is now. Yeah. You know, so with that, I was like, man, there, there's a timeline of success. Like, there's a space for us. It's just not here yet, but we're going to get there as long as we keep moving. And this was before moving with life and, like, just the whole concept of what kind of, like, what's built up to now. And even then, dude, this is only seven, six months, seven months in. Like this is episode 25, you know, we're quarter from a hundred episodes. Jeez, which is <laughs> it's pretty nuts. <laughs> yeah. what's well, so just nuts
1: when you said 25. It's like, yeah, wow, it's a big number. Episode 25, that's four,
0: yeah. uh, sorry, um, four, it's five five months of recording. Yeah. Five, six months of recording. And it's like, dang, you know, and exactly. And that was my exact reaction. So when, I, when thinking of Gonzo's question, you know, what is your definition, def- definition of success? And then seeing this little essay that I wrote timeline of success i was like well let me let me read it and then we can we can venture off from there so i'm gonna do that right now and then we'll uh, go from there the majority of it i wrote then and i did the conclusion in the closing today because there was no i didn't finish i never finished the essay but the bulk of it was there so i'll get into it right now so this is timeline of success as a 25 year old millennial i am literally in the middle of a world changing from the past to the future The internet was not always accessible for everyone to use. You used to have to wait for a product to be on the store shelves in order to see them and decide whether or not you wanted to buy it. And the only way you would hear about it was through a radio advertisement. Naivety and ignorance have created white noise, leading to misunderstanding and confusion. Whether that is intentional or not, at the end of the day, everyone wants to be happy, no matter what their definition of that is. I believe that too many people don't understand that they have a choice to go into whatever direction they please. It's not that people don't understand, it's that they are not led to understanding. When you, have, when you only have a 7th grade education and start working, your understanding will be different than a freshly graduated medical doctor who had to give blood for money to pay rent, yet there, is, there probably would be agreement in the principle of sacrifice and its simplest definition. In conclusion, I find myself having to retract steps I didn't know existed and needed to be addressed in order to move forward to build the life I seek. I envision a world where happiness and consistent work are the drivers of growth, which leads to a in, an, infin- an infinite space of fulfillment and joy. So that's the little thought, you know, what I would call my, like I said, first little essay post-college graduation that still took two years to write and then, you know, finishing up today. And uh, main thing where I, I thought of like the I envision a world, I I would say it's a what I'm going to call a template from Simon Sinek because he has a world, he has a vision of the world where people go to work And are inspired to work and then go home go home fulfilled that they did something good in the in the workplace and for me it's a step forward to where everything you do no matter what consists and contains that fulfillment and joy which is why that's how i that's what led me to writing that conclusion today and it's one of those you know timing is everything where it's like this conclusion i I wouldn't have written that conclusion then without having some more uh, knowledge and wisdom from the mentors that I listen to now, especially via podcast or, or anything on you. R- also YouTube. I think YouTube has been a bigger thing for me. So with that, Eddie, what is your current definition of success?
1: Darn it. <laughs> um, well, I've got, I feel like I have like a lot of little definitions for little successes, if that makes any sense, but um, I don't know. Success for me is kind of, kind of like in the moment, like it's an in the moment sense of accomplishment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like if someone comes up and tells me just like after like hearing a certain song of mine, and they tell me that that song really like moved them and touched them, and I was like, okay, that was successful. Cool, right? You know. Mm -hmm. So there's like that small uh, feeling of accomplishment right there. And um, now when like ten or twenty people do that, that that accomplishment you know um, feeds I guess it grows it's uh, it's bigger
0: and also the the actual emotion of like feeling I think also yeah. I, know, I know I feel it for you whenever we hear like we had uh, that couple that went again to Conroe yeah. to watch us and it's like when we got to, and this time we actually got to talk to them because our, our our set time was delayed so we got to talk to them outside but just that just that conversation is like man I just you feel good and it's yeah. like man like this is like this is a part this is a this is supposed to happen you know it's like, yeah it's, to be
1: like, it's happening go ahead Yeah, for sure. So that in itself is a good little example of that momentary feeling of success. Right now, like the the grand spectrum of success for me, as far as my career goes, is I want to be able to make a living doing this and not have to, I guess, necessarily worry financially um, for taking care of like a family. I eventually want to start one day. Right. You know, so um, I mean, there's that there'd be that definition of success as well in the grand scheme of things. But I mean, I I just tend to look at success like in a lot of different ways. There's a lot of different ways to obtain it. And so, give one one more,
0: one more, one more little definition of success for you. Um, So you have the the instant gratification of like your work is doing good, like your writing is doing good. You have the macro of wanting to be financial financially free, and be able to do more, you know, with your personal life. Mm -hmm. Right now, your career building. So, what's one more? maybe sm- uh, what you would call a small definition, and then we can move from there.
1: Hmm. Well, I don't know about like a small definition, but just or one just like in, a, the, yeah. in the grand scheme of life. Yeah, from your, I guess like success for me would just being able to, to pursue my happiness and fulfilling that happiness uh, as much as possible every day. So not having too many days where I'm not fulfilling that happiness, I guess, is right. kind of in of itself um, uh, a way of success for me.
0: Yeah, cause I would even I would even venture for, venture to say for you is like being able to write every day would be pretty ideal. Yeah. And, and uh, I know one way we'll get there, and we, we will get there where you're. We talked about outsourcing last time, mm-hmm. and that being an option. And the late, lately I've been doing a lot more uh, research on outsourcing. And once we get there, like it's it's gonna you're gonna feel free in that on its own, um, because I know I'm already actually starting a small a business, business venture on my own, I finally found something, and I'll go into it l- a little bit later, but I finally found something that I can't do on my own, but the idea is mine. Okay. And so, I guess I'll go into that in a little bit, but to not digress from what you were saying as far as that, and then once, once we incorporate outsourcing, and once I have a little more uh, grounds to help you move in that direction um yeah that freedom it, it it's even going to it's even going to feel a little bit a little bit of uh fin- giving you a little bit of financial freedom cuz then you have some money to actually allocate to that then you know that the the whole work is done ins- instead of spending hours that you're not getting compensated for you know and then to add to that <laughs> uh, is that you're then giving somebody else a job to earn a living you know they they chose to do this and whatever or whatever that outsourcing game may be and you get to give them some life, some financial work, you know, some fi- something to, to give them financial uh, sustenance, I guess you could say.
1: Yeah. But,
0: <clears throat> so, if you had your financial freedom tomorrow, what would you do?
1: Fund the fund the living hell out of my career, but I mean, that's what it comes down to. I think I've. Expressed it before on the on the on the podcast here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think we talked about couple episodes.
0: So okay, so so beyond the career, or or not even beyond the career, like let's let's say you were successful in your financial freedom, you had all the money in the world, you because and I, of
1: the career. Yes. So what would I do?
0: Like aside, yeah. and and besides that, like what results do you want out of that success?
1: Well, the results I want out of that success, I mean, I have a, a good career. I mean, a good fan base that supports the music I put out. And then I, in turn, you know, give that back to them. You know, and we're live showing all the time. We're playing shows all the time. Live showing. Did I just make that a verb? <laughs> so um, we're live showing all the time. <laughs> we're playing gigs all the time. Um, you know, and doing you know, doing what we love to do and doing it all the time and making a living out of it. You know, that's the you know success I want to see from that. And... And just sustain, being able to sustain a good living off of it. And so if I had the financial freedom from that, from doing so, I guess what I would then do after that is, I mean, put all that back into my family pretty much, you know, is, as much as I feel like we need it anyway.
0: Right. Or, or whatever you'd be able to, knowing, right. knowing whatever calculation right. you've done. That's good. Yeah, these are all questions that I, I – these are actually finally like my questions that I just kind of wrote one, you know, defini- definition of success. And just kind of went down from there. And some of them are a little rhetorical. People might see that if they've listened to previous episodes. But either way, nonetheless, I feel it necessary and good to sometimes uh, repeat certain things. Yeah. You know, like this, especially because, like, my main thing that, I, or my favorite example, and this I got this from Tony Robbins, was uh, like if someone says, "Oh, I want more, I want more money," well, you give them a dollar, and then here, here's more money. Technically, you gave them more money. They made a dollar, right? Yeah. That they didn't have to work for. So I give you or let's say I give you a dollar here. Get out, get out of here. Like here's more money. So the point is, in the results thinking is, you know, being specific to you, like what goals you like. What let's just say for example for you, Eddie, um, if you want to win a CMA award, let's just use that example. Then you know that would be a result. You know, my career, my work right now will then lead to that. And the whole point is just to start thinking, and for me, my and this for myself too. That's why I'm asking, so I can have more points of view, more information coming into my brain as well, to be able to generate those more detailed results. Because then a lot of people say, "Oh, I want to get into shape." Well, do you want to get muscular? Do you want to get skinny? Do you want to have a bikini? Like for females, you want to you want a bikini body. You know uh, what? You know that, that's one thing. My team challenge ended yesterday. And so I told them, you know, if, if they want specific results, we can get there. But this is, this is where we then turn that page to get more definite, you know, and, and lead to something more, you know, something bigger as well. You know, um, that's yeah, like that, that's the main thing as far as maybe some of these answers feeling rhetorical to us. But for anybody who hasn't listened or, or maybe haven't heard the questions like in this form, then we can move with that. And that's the whole point is to also help others think about these questions that I'm trying to develop and bring to everybody. What value do you expect or want people to gain from your music?
1: Hmm. I guess I just want some of that, I, I want it to just soothe them, you know? Like, the, I mean, music, I've been saying this a lot lately. If I had a nickel for every time music has saved my life and will continue to save my life, I'd be able to fund my career and somebody else's <laughs> career. So yeah. it'd be a lot of fricking nickels. And, um, you know, it's like, comes down to that. Like music has played such a big role in my life and the way that it's been like therapy to me. And that it's, it's just been my whole life, you know? Um, in a lot of ways, um, uh, in the sense of just being the listener though, of just being the audience. I mean, music saves my life on a daily basis, like just listening to it and the wave of, of great emotions that like i feel from that you know yeah. so i just want to be able to throw that back on tenfold onto my audience with with the things i write you know i want us to be able to become like a little family here like a little a little click i'll say a click where, yeah that's yeah, the thing that came in my head yeah you know where we're um not afraid to kind of just dive into these problems together because i feel like i write a lot about problems <laughs> I, i'm not writing songs about about drinking beer that's for sure <laughs> yeah or or driving a truck
0: or, or like richard bowden some munchies <laughs> <laughs> that's what stuck yeah to definitely
1: me. not comedy writing either so it's it's you know it's it's a matters of the heart kind of thing for me and so that's that's what it comes down to and then that's the kind of conversations i want to be able to have with my people and um the way i've been putting it lately is um is like my live show is one that i would describe as as like you know you get together with a close friend and then you go to the bar and you have a respectful amount of about two or three beers and you know, you're there for a bit, you leave a little early and then you go back to the apartment, you sit on the balcony and you like, you know, have a late night life conversation and then it's four in the morning before you know it. And, and you go to bed Yeah. and you know, and you like feel a little bit more courageous about the world you're going into the next day, you know? So it's, it's one of those things. That's, that's the kind of value I want my audience to get from my music.
0: Boom. I, lo- I love that answer. Cause that's that again, looking for those detailed things yeah. like where, where do you want to move people? Like it's, and I, I kind of brought this up last week, you know, like as far as building an audience too, it's like, what value can you bring? Can we bring, can you, can you, can we, can all of us bring towards, in essence, the consumer. Right. And, you know, going beyond like, okay, I want to write a bunch of songs and have financial freedom. Okay. Let's, let's take that a step further. And let's you know, cause essentially if you give people your value, or value that they care for, they're going to buy your stuff anyways.
1: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, yeah.
0: No, that – that, and I like this the soothing, making them feel soothing and m- making them feel comfortable to have those deep talks. Yeah. And I know I'm definitely hitting that direction with a podcast mm-hmm. and developing these questions. then whatever I am hearing via other interviews and stuff, that I'm then allowing myself to uh, – Want to venture into those deep conversations? So, like, one of your favorite questions is, "What's your biggest fear?" Ah, uh, yeah, right. So, yeah. so going a step further to that, because a lot of, I, sorry, a lot of, uh, I will admit, a lot of my fears are driven from certain experiences. Like, man, okay, one example I'll give for everybody is like cancer and disease, right? I'm, sc- because it's like in the, fa- it's in the family. It scares the hell out of me. So I want to make sure I do as much as I can right now because let's hypothetical hypoth- hypothetically say tomorrow it changes well then at least i know i did what i could up until midnight today you know like stuff like that <clears throat> i like that though because that like i said that's the whole point of this conversation is stun adventure is and it's, it's interesting how like i think about maybe about a month ago now where I, I i was feeling this transition i didn't know where i wanted to go with this podcast necessarily because we have a conversation i told this to brian I don't, I don't think you were here on that one but I did mention where some conversations we have, or some podcasts, we have better conversations than not, and sometimes it flows really well because like, man, we did this, we did this, we learned this, and then we just kind of vibe, right? And then um, there are some conversations where we don't have quite as much content, but then I'm, I'm lacking questions for us to build on. A lot of questions I had been writing up until now have been rhetorical. And I finally was able to see that I wasn't able to see that before. I just I, I just wrote questions for the sake of like, man, I heard someone ask this question, someone that I look up to, so I should be able to ask it too. Well, being twenty-five-year-old millennials, it's kind of hard to do that. You know, yeah, it's hard to answer that okay. when we, when we don't have twenty years of experience in any field. Right. We have twenty-five years of experience in living. <laughs> so far, you know, we've been career chasing. At least my career chasing has been like five, a good five years, you know, since two thousand ten, since really we graduated high school, and now and whatever experience we have built whatever experience you've built living in nashville and now fulfilling the ceo spot of a of a of a um i would call it small business for now but just in the music industry in general
1: Um. it's funny that you mentioned being like you know we're just 25 and and you know just doing this i was telling my mom the other day i was like i feel well like my birthday's coming up july 31st Mm -hmm. right we're finally in that birthday month for me (laughs) so what are we at now 29 more days till that yeah not going to keep that countdown going but (laughs) I was telling my mom, I'm like, I'm 24 going on 25 in a few short weeks, and I feel exactly like a 25-year-old, I think. And and she's like, and what does that feel like? I said, it feels like I thought I had a lot figured out, and I'm still fucking learning. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, learning about a, a lot of things, and, you know, it it's so funny, because that's the story I tell for the record, too, like, uh, the, you know, 17 hours revol- revolves around my years of... 18 to like 22 with maybe some extension but you know mostly the experiences i had within that age gap and and it's like all about just learning from those experiences and then growing up and moving forward and and making progress right and so i was telling her i I feel exactly like i should feel 25 i feel like you know it's and it's nuts i feel like i knew a lot about a lot of things or was learning a lot about a lot of things and now i see there's still a lot i got to learn about (laughs) (laughs) about a a lot of things about a lot of things yeah (laughs) And yeah, um, so good. and yeah, it's just, it's freaking nuts. It's been a, been a whirlwind of the past week for me. So
0: yeah, Josh Waitzkin mentions, I'm pretty sure I've said this before, but Josh Waitzkin talks about when he was around 23 to 25 and he was going through his own little transition, you know, you finally reach that, that day, that moment where you realize that, you know, trying to have too detailed of a path um, eventually gives way because then your mind starts opening a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a, little bit more and, a little, more, more, little bit more. and he says the exact same thing happened to him. Now, I'm not sure how, I'm assuming he's like around 40, around 40 or so. So he said around him, it was kind of the same thing. And now, what, exactly what you said, where it's like, well, now we're getting to this age. It's like, cool. But it's not bad. It's just like, okay, we, we've, at least I've come to that consensus, especially going back to the original question from Gonzo of what's your definition, definition of success? You know, mine happened two, three years ago, you know, th- three years ago when I was with the other band. And one of the band wives, uh, we were just talking. And, we, had, we were going to go to San Antonio like that next day for a gig or something. But I'll never forget this conversation because we were talking. And, I, and at, at that moment, I told her at that moment, too, I'm like, I am successful. Like, we just finished playing a gig. We were here for the weekend. And, you know, I, I, I'm getting and that's where one of those realizations also is like, I'm getting paid to play music. Yeah. And it really set in. It truly, truly set in. To where it's like, I am successful, like I'm playing music and I'm still going to college and I'm doing, you know, and even then I wasn't doing a lot of things. I was just working, I was going to college, I was gigging. So, there, you know, I was going through three different elements. But at that moment, it, talking to her, like I said, I'll never forget that conversation where I realized like, yeah, we went to Vegas. We did a, I did a lot of things, you know, leading up to the age of 23, you know.
1: And again, that's uh, what goes back to uh, what I was saying earlier for me is that that momentary feeling of success, you know, it's all part of that process of feeling successful. But for me, again, going back to the grand scheme of things, I guess like a real big definition of success for me is to keep feeling, maintain that feeling of successfulness, Mm -hmm. right? To maintain that because you have it in the moment and then it goes away because you're always looking for something more. You're never satisfied. Yeah. So just to maintain the feeling Right. You know, one thing after the other. What's next? How how much further can we push up the hill? Right. Right. Absolutely. You know?
0: Absolutely. Because even Simon Sank talks about it. Like as far as there's a mountain, everybody has their summit, and and he said, and for him, he doesn't care if it's a helicopter ride or if you have to climb yourself, but there's a mountain you have to climb, and like once you get there, it's like you keep going. Right. uh One thing I well, I'll be honest, I was scared. Of, I was scared of and hearing. Uh, Someone said this about Don Hanley, but they called him a malcontent and that he'd always be a malcontent. Because he was he was on that same search of wanting to be just better yourself every single time. But I think that's what makes him a non malcontent is because he wasn't looking to be perfect. He just wanted to be better than the last time. And that might be a confusion of definition. You know, which is why I'm seeing that definition is very important. And wh- even in my little essay where I said, you know, uh, the definition and the understanding for someone who had to quit school at 7th at grade is different from uh, the definitions and understanding of, an, of a medical grad, medical doctor graduate, like it's totally different now there's parallels because we're all human beings, we're all going through our own sacrifices and trials but the initial definition and the initial point of view is different, actually I want to bring up this example because I, I just remembered it right now so back when we were at South Padre for that wedding yeah, and it was me you and we were we were at the hotel room that not, the night before we were talking right and you and Freddie were arguing about the south okay so what i didn't realize to way later and i hate that it took me so long cuz i would just help you guys like be okay with you guys definition is that you guys were arguing about two different two separate definitions it wasn't that you were arguing that you were disagreeing but your definition of south is like okay in the united states the south is georgia south carolina the south right but if you map it in a in a map, Texas is the south than those other cities, and that that's my only point. Is like if I would have realized that then, and I I, const- I don't constantly think about it now, but it comes up in my brain, where I'm like, if I would if I could have thought of that, there would have been no argument because the definitions were totally different. They were totally different.
1: Just for clarity's sake, Freddie, you're still wrong. Um, <laughs> the South is not where you think it is, sir. Um, so the thirteen original colonies is where he base. Um, Everything off of as the center But yeah you're right Um, The way Freddie was saying it was Well you have the map Here it is The center is like right in the middle Where the center belongs And then from there Texas is South, right? But the way we've labeled things in the country um, on our map is starting as the center being uh, the the uh, the original colonies, the New England area okay. mostly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then from there you get the South, and then you get the Southwest, southwest and then right. you get just completely West, California. You get the Midwest, and then and you know? see,
0: I didn't even know about the thirteen colonies thing, so I wouldn't have even, I wouldn't have been able to say, oh, I, I understand where it's coming from. I just know I do. I always agree that that's the South because that's that's what I know it as too. I right. agree. And I always wondered like when, we're, when we when we were in Nashville last year, and Fox it says Fox South I'm like man like, it's like we're kind of high though right and then but I always remember that Texas is Fox Southwest so I got the difference but I didn't know I didn't know why and now that you're saying don't you cause that that makes more sense.
1: Yeah, so <laughs> but um, I'll be completely honest that's just how I view it that's my assumption to be yeah. completely honest to be completely fair so I could be right I could be wrong I don't know but Freddie's yeah. definitely wrong. <laughs> so
0: well I I just I just. uh um, I just saw the difference of definitions where he was looking at the map for what it is right now, and we're and in your context. It's it's different context to theory. You know, it's it's just different. You know, where I think if you would if we would have gone to the explaining of okay, call, okay, Freddie, yes, you're, it's it's lower than everybody else. But if you map thirteen colonies and then go south and then southwest and then west from that, this is why Eddie thinks that. Right. There would just been no like it the conversation would end like 15 minutes before it actually ended. Right.
1: <laughs> and so tying up this thought it's it's yeah there's a lot of parallels going on we have different perspectives but we're also trying to reach the same destination you know like with the same parallel of figuring out how to accurately name geographic location. Yeah. So yeah,
0: yeah exactly. And it, it's just a so communication cool. barrier. Communication and that's all it is. And and my favorite thing about that is it Ties in how important communication. Period. Yeah. You know, how important it is. Period. And definitely working on it myself. Uh, one thing that my cousin Luis tells me is like, he's like, man, you just you always just want to be heard. He's like, cause you're always. You're, he's like, you think you're always right. I'm like, well, I won't argue with you if I don't know a fact about what we're talking about. But if I've read about it or if I trust the source or if I done it myself, then I will. I will probably argue with you about my my art you know my point you know
1: right there's, there's a level uh, there's a degree of certainty you have to have about yourself and and what you know um your background you know what i mean yeah there's a degree of certainty you really have to have about some things and um but I mean, you know me, I'll be the first one to concede whenever it's like, I'm okay, I'm speaking about something I honestly have no clue about, <laughs> but this is just what I think. Yeah. Like, well, like, well, how I just did it right now. Yeah. And like, what the, okay, well, like, this is just why I think it's called this geographically, you know, mm-hmm. geographical location. Exactly. Um, but I've never researched it. I've never Googled it to find out the answer. This is just my assumption. I could be wrong. But, you know, but I'm pretty certain that I'm not. But right, But right. I'll always give that leeway for when I'm really, really not 100. When I cannot say I'm 100% yeah. for sure certain, I will always tell someone, like, but I've been wrong before. I could be wrong now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. you know, but there is that degree of certainty you have to have. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and one thing that actually a, a client told me, this was like a couple months ago, where um, she brought up confidence and arrogance and, like, ego and, wh- and all that stuff, right? All that ties together. And I said, well, I'm like, there's a difference between confidence and ego and arrogance. You know, there's a difference between those two. And she's like, well, no. I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's my reaction. People can't see, but Eddie had a little face there. Um, <clears throat> but
1: face of disapproval. Yeah.
0: Yeah. of Like, re- like really? But I'm like, but I did what I told her. This is what I told her. I'm like, look up the definition of confidence and ego. I'm like, they're similar, but they're not the same. I'm like, confidence is when you, you have that substantial evidence or fact or you've seen it or like i I saw this happen so it must be true or at least from your experience it's true maybe someone else i mean obviously a lot of people won't have the experience you have but um when you have that you're confident uh when you're when you're an adult teaching a kid one plus one you know it's two because you've done the math over and over and over again. The kid, eh, you know, they they might be uncertain, but you can tell them with confidence. Okay, one plus one equals two, and this is why. This is how you do the math. Um. Anyway, so, so me and her, we didn't have an argument, but she, she, her thought process was like, no, confidence and ego is the same thing, and it's like I'm like I'll give you an example of ego, and I t- so I told her like the I gave her like the math problem, and like confidence is just when you when you carry yourself when. You don't know everything, but what you do know is, like, pretty solid. You know, like, you have some confidence, like, okay, I've gone to college. I learned this in college. Now I'm learning how to use it, or I've used this theory. I've used these theories. I've learned this. Um, big thing for me that I will have to admit is, like, when I read Tony Robbins' books or Jocko or Tim per- Tim Ferriss, like, I trust them. You know, I trust their their research. So I will then venture to tell somebody else what I heard from them because I trust their research. Now, I don't think it's that's totally... Um. Maybe legitimate, completely, maybe like eighty percent compared to ninety-five percent uh, had I done it myself. But now that I'm putting theory of like some of Tim ferris's research into context, I'm like, okay, I've used this. This is what's gonna work. Anyways, going back to ego and confidence. Um. So then I gave her like ego. I was like, I'm like, let's say I, I gave her this example. I'm like, let's say you're jealous of that girl for like a stupid reason, and you won't let it go, or You argue with somebody knowing you're wrong, but you're arguing for the sake of arguing. That's more than likely your ego talking. I'm like, that's the difference.
1: Not willing to admit that you're wrong.
0: Right, not willing to just think about it. And it's essentially, I didn't use the word detach because I I am honestly very careful about how I use some of these extreme ownership terms with people. I will try to find a way to, and the words of Tim Ferriss, dumb it down. Not intentionally for the sake of that you're a dumb person or they're a dumb person, but if I can simplify enough... And I think that's what Tim Ferriss was angling for, but he likes the fact that, like, Dumb It Down might, might, might stir up some, like, some th- thoughts. So he uses Dumb It Down, and I'll, I'll say Simplify. You know, I, I say Simplify, and that's one of the words, of course, for Extreme worship But anyways, um, when we talk about detachment stuff, and me and Eddie talk about it, or I talk about it with Brian or anybody here in my household, you know, I'm very careful with how I try to bring up detachment in a different way so that it's understood and not ego's not fought back against me. It's like, okay. Chill out. Like we're good. You know, I'm, I'm here to listen to you, anyways. Anyways, that was a big rabbit hole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one though. It's a good rabbit hole. Oh man.
0: It it just going back to communication. That was that was the initial thought uh beginning with this little rabbit hole was like how important communication is. And and actually I just saw this uh, this uh video on TED Talks, and her name is Joanne Davila, I believe. Yes, Joanne Davila. And she ta- her topic was having healthy relationships, but, like, uh, actual, like, spousal relationships, not, not like, friendships or business partnerships, something like that. But one
1: of the... So, p- romantic relationships, Yeah, relationship.
0: uh, that's the word. Sorry, that took it out of my mouth. Uh, that's exactly what it said. It said healthy romantic relationships. Um, so, you can look that up if you want on TED Talk, TEDx on YouTube. But one of her key points to have a healthy relationship, romantic relationship, and for me, it, and she did say it ties in with everything other relationships, but... The point is insight. That was her point. Because she had three points. Point number one, I don't remember the other two points. But I I made sure to remember point number one, which is insight. Which essentially, essentially is checking your ego, checking yourself first. Which I think is why she had it first on her list. You know, excuse me. If you have enough insight about yourself and knowing what your personal tendencies are, you will then... Be able to communicate more effectively to to make sure that the, the, your spouse understands you um, and that was that was one of the things like man because like, to me again like that still ties into ego ego check checking yourself first, you know taking extreme ownership of yourself and your actions and she takes to to as far as um, really having a lot of retrospective insights about yourself so that you know okay, I am late consistently, that's just part of who I am. So let's say you're going to plan something. Hey, I might be, I'm going to work to be on time, but just in case, you know, like I have a tendency and I think a lot of it has to do with being honest with yourself and being honest with the person that you want to be with. Yeah. You know, and uh, I know me and Eddie talked about, um, reflecting on your whys and your individualism. Right. And, and to me that again, it ties into that, like having insight about yourself and knowing what your tendencies are. Like right now I'm realizing for myself was that with how clear I'm trying to speak a lot more people are getting confused with like the way I talk and stuff. So I'm trying to then change and I'm not, I don't, I don't feel like I use complicated words. I honestly wonder if it's like how I'm being trying to be audible. Cause I know sometimes I slur my words or sometimes I uh, talk too fast, like right now sometimes. So I wonder if that's what it really is or if I'm really talk- talking in a complicated manner. I don't know, but that's some of the feedback I have gotten from people.
1: Well, are these people, um, have they listened to you talk before? Have they grown accustomed to the way you communicate?
0: Well, some of them are family. Okay. So I can I can probably understand where they've they're used to hearing me a certain way. But right now, especially in I guess the state of mind I, the state of mind I'm really in like, you know, 90% of my day, like all day. So whenever I have a conversation, I because I look for meaningful meaningful conversation, I might talk differently now.
1: That might be what it is like um I feel like people aren't very used to having a, um, a big array of meaningful conversations, you know, and that's something you've definitely been doing a lot of lately. We've had a lot of meaningful <laughs> conversations, but that's something also that I enjoy, and that's, I mean, that's something I put a value on with our friendship. Though. Right, yeah. You know, yeah. that makes sense why we're friends in that, right. in that regard. Mm-hmm. But for some people, um, you know, it's just all um, entertainment, and that's not a bad thing. Right. You know, some people want to sit down and talk. B.S. You know, talk about that old the the old guy thing. You know, t- sit down, and talk <laughs> about the weather. <laughs> yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I I know, I, like whenever I talk to those because I I, have, I know who they are in my, my head. I know who they are, but uh, I know when I approach them now, it's it is I do have to change a little bit. Yeah. You know, in a sense, dumb it down to yeah. make sure, like, okay, do they understand me? If not, then I okay, I need to say it. It's not that I'm talking difficultly. I'm just have to say it completely different. You know, to, yeah. to where they still understand me.
1: Sure thing. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like that's a big reason me and you get along so well because, I mean, my favorite, qu- one of my favorite questions, like you were saying earlier, is what's your biggest fear? That of in itself, it's, it's uh, <laughs> I don't know, if, uh, necessarily a meaningful conversation, but it's a heavy question. Yeah, it's a heavy question, so, right. Yeah, it's a heavy hitter. So, yeah. Some people don't like that question. Yeah. I was oh. reading this, uh, sorry, one more rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, was, um, I was reading this Forbes article that came out, I guess, recently. I don't know. It was like a sponsored push on Facebook from Forbes, and – um. It was nine things you're doing that make you an unlikable person <laughs> and, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, and so I got curious, of course, the great article title, um, of course, the cliche with a number on things, mm-hmm. but um yeah, so I clicked into it, of course, yeah, and uh, and kind of just skimmed through it, as I feel most people do, probably with when there's a list, so right. you're just kind of looking over the bullet points, but one of them was that you um you get too fast on the conversation too soon. Mm. like, um, you get, you get too carried away with the, the deep stuff, yeah, you know, right. that you're not giving like the individual time to, to like process just the basic use as a person. And, um, and so that can be kind of off-putting to some people. Hmm. Of course, yeah. for me, I'll talk about anything with anybody, <laughs> right? We, right, a you know, right. total stranger. We can talk about whatever. I don't care. Right. But
0: that's, I know well, Simon Sinek talks about, uh, wanting to have meaningful relationships, deep conversations, And then wanting to bring value to the workplace. But tying in that, it makes sense because, um, you know, if you can have not a complete conversation of small talk, but just enough to where it allows you to essentially flank into a good, deep, meaningful conversation, you still might be better off, you know, Accomplishing maybe what you want to get out, maybe an answer that you want. You know what is your worst fear? And then instead instead of saying that, you know, you kind of I've mentioned this, you know, slightly before where you know just you kind of just ease into it. And then hey, so what's your what's your fear? Like tell me, like be honest with me. You know what's your biggest fear? And then you go on, then you're able to go into that conversation more willingly. Then what's your biggest fear? and They're kinda like kind of like sitting on their thumbs, like scared yeah. as hell, scared scared on that itself, just having to think about fears. You know they're scared yeah. of that. So,
1: thing is, for me, I, I also enjoy putting people on their toes in that sense. <laughs> so it's it's kind of yeah, it's one of my things. So right. probably shouldn't sometimes, most times maybe, but yeah. I like I like putting people putting people on their toes. I like making people think because like I, I mean again, this this it's one of those things where that makes us friends. Um, I like making people think because it leads to that meaningful conversation. And it's important to think. It's important to know your reasons. it's It's important to discover the whys. yeah, and when you can't explain something, then how much do you really know about it? Yeah, so i'm I'm always looking for that explanation. Um, you had said something earlier. About how you read Tony Robbins and, and you listen to Jocko and, and you trust all these sources because mm. they've got the, the, the context, the, the contextual proof. Right? Yeah, yeah, they have experience The, the, well the experience, the fields. background, yeah, and everything in between. So you trust that, right? You're certain that what they're saying, for the most part, may be accurate. Right, right? yeah, yeah. So you're putting your trust in that. And for me lately, it's uh, the book I'm still stuck on, um, haven't finished it yet, is C.S. Lewis, The Four Loves. okay And so my mom actually brought that up to me the other day. Um, she was like, aren't you, like, kind of, like, worried that maybe he has, like, a um, too much of a take on something? And and I was like, well, it's not that there hasn't been something I I necessarily, um, you know, I haven't agreed with everything that he said. You know, there's small little tidbits here and there, um, very small focused areas of, of some of his points that I may disagree with just slightly for my own experiences and reasons. But overall I trust what he's saying because he's able to explain it so simply with such few words like just the fact that I read two pages and I have to stop and process yeah, um, yeah. makes me understand that this guy really 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 thought about this over yeah. a long period of time and really has a concise argument where I I cannot refute yeah, most of it you don't
0: have to read the whole book to get the point at the end right there's points within the yeah. whole thing yeah I like that man and I never thought about it like that because essentially that's what happened with me in power of myth Which changed my world. I mean, uh, and one day, maybe one day, no, no time soon for sure. Like to get into that book, like uh, on the podcast, any deeper than what I have brought up. But uh, same thing, dude. Where I'd read a paragraph, and that was done for the day. That was it for the day. (laughs) It wasn't even. It wasn't even like, and it. It wasn't so much like a mind, like a like a mind blow, but like it's okay. He would just say something, and it made you think. It just, it just, and that was it. That was it for the day. I had nothing else to read because I was like, okay, I need to put this away and just think about exactly those four four lines about you know whatever whatever it was and for those of you who don't know power of myth uh he ties in art he ties in it's really it's a religion book if you look up joseph campbell um he really researched myths and how religions are tied around the world which is why it's a great start for me it was a great start the power of Myth, uh, because. He brought in American uh, American Indian culture. He brought in, of course, Christianity, Islam, Buddhism, all of he, all of it. He tied it all in together, and you and you can, when you read it, you'll see that uh, his his angle is American Indians because for what he said for whatever reason, like it, they, that's the culture that that drew that drew him in, hmm. and he based all his further research off of them. But then found a bunch of parallels between all of them. Right, which I'm is sure. which is why it's called the power of myth, you yeah. know, and h- and how myths help us grow and nur- nurture us essentially, so that we can have bi- essentially somewhere to go, you know, it, uh, it gives at least help with direction. Um, but anyways, <laughs> I don't want to digress. What, too much, but with ahead. all that
1: being said, C.S. Lewis and Joseph Campbell both obviously really thought about their fields a lot, right? So um, they're certain of that. They really, really took the question of why and ran with it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So and now they understand <laughs> this thing. So I mean that's why it's it's important to know the why. It's important to know um yourself as an individual and you shouldn't be afraid to ask that question. You shouldn't be afraid to answer that question. And it's definitely not one um you should be eager to put down because it's a hard question. It's not one that um that you answer in a short amount of time.
0: Right. Yeah. And that's that's probably the biggest thing is like not to be in a rush to find those whys mm-hmm. because like the example I can give is like this like this little essay. You know, when I wrote it, I thought I had the why. I was like, okay, this is going to be the beginning of the podcast. You know, I want to I wanna read this and whatever. And I never did because by the time we got to the podcast in mid to late January, this was already like in the back of my mind. And then retracting to Gonzo's question, then seeing timeline of success, like, well, this can be like my first little essay that I can read. Because now it means something. Now there's a, there's a deeper Why? you know, that ties into everything, everything we've been talking about, you know, and and where this podcast is going, I don't think I referenced that point, but where this podcast is going as far as like, you know, more, almost more of a Q and a, but good questions in the sense that questions that we can answer as 25 year old millennials, which I think I said something like that. But, um, again, that's the whole point is, you know, veering away from the, uh, getting just deep enough to where. We can answer them, but then think, ponder on them for the future. People that listening, people that are listening can then ponder on it for themselves and then get back to us or whoever their friends are. Maybe they like to, Hey, hey," and then they ask their question and who knows something like, you know, what is your definition, definition of success? If they ask them, if they ask that to a friend, that might be the equivalent of like, what's your biggest fear? (laughs) Success might be the biggest fear. Like, I I think it happens to people like where they're, they're scared of being successful. Like they get to a certain point, a certain level. Where it's like, oh shit, like you know, like they they don't know what's gonna come. If well, they, if the more
1: you gain, the more you have to lose. Yeah. So it's yeah. It, 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 it all Scary. ties in,
0: cause then it all ties, in, cause then it ties into, you know, the higher you climb, bigger the or what was it? How would you say it?
1: Well, the 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 higher you climb, the more you fall. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and like
0: fall. like the bigger the, like the bigger the highs, the lower the lows.
1: Oh, well, this is like something that, that, type, that C.S. Lewis you're talking about what I said over the weekend. Yeah. So, um, this is something that C.S. Lewis writes in the Four Loves is that you can't have the highs without the lows. There
0: you go. And I've heard the same. I've heard I've heard a very similar thing. And so, like when Eddie said that again, I was like, yeah. And my context to that is that lately, and I say lately over the past like year and a half since I started on what's been this journey is the more optimistic I get and I, the, more, the more good things I see coming out of people, people including Eddie, Brian, uh, my mom with her business, uh, my dad with his health, like just different things. I, I see more optimism because I see movement. Now, whenever I hit a low, it's that much deeper. For, and, it, and it happens periodically. I, I think that's just like the roller coaster of life. We'll call yeah. it that. Right. Where it's like, that means that, that just brings it back to like, okay, you're human. Like, it's okay to feel low sometimes. But I know that my highs are only getting higher. And the example I'll give, or like, I guess the way I see it is like, let's say you had a graph and you hit a 10, right? Your, your highest is a 10. And the lowest you'll ever go is like a 3. Well, I'd say right now I'm pushing like 14, 15 on that scale. Like, on a scale of 10, I'm pushing 14, 15 on a like six five six days out of the week
1: and so the more you want to you more you want to push up um the more leeway you have to get for your fall back down exactly. so you're getting so to the to the two one zero and then negative
0: well so. not even that so think about so okay so actually think about like this eddie so i hit i'm hitting that's us i hit 15 right pretty consistently well even if i say at three Falling from 15 to 3 is more than falling from 10 to 3. That's fair. Yeah. That's the way I see it. That, 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 that's what I want to clarify. Yeah. But, yeah, that's that's what I meant as far as that. So, for me, it's not that I'm going below a 3, but now that – let's say I'm hitting 15, 16, okay. 14. Well, that's four, five, six points more of fall, of depth that yeah. I have to get back to that 3. that I'll hit in a day of 20, uh, 24 hours, which then I know I need to take a break. And I, I, I now allow myself those 24 hours because, like, okay, tomorrow I'll probably feel better if I rest right now than trying to just push through it. Now, I think there's certain cases where you have to push through it if depending on depending on what it is, depending on how emotionally tied in you're in how how mo- how emotionally tied in you are to the situation um that you can probably push through some things, but the way my schedule works right now, I can I usually can allow myself 12 to 24 hours of just liberation from everything. You know, and let's say even if I do like cuz like that what that would consist of for me is like I allow myself to do one productive thing, and the rest of it I have to make myself be bored I have to make myself do nothing but if I do one productive thing which that even includes like uploading the vlog okay that's all I'm gonna do today and that's it and then the rest of the time I need I need to let myself sit so that tomorrow I, I'm at, if at least, at least I'm rested and I can i I usually am able to climb back on and just get back get back to work whatever it may be
1: yeah <clears throat> well, what else you got we got carried away there for a little bit, but all good stuff, yes. so it's all good no worries.
0: Uh, what are you optimistic about? What are you optimistic? Beyond, like, hope. Like, oh, I hope for this. I hope for that. What you, what can you say you're almost tangibly optimistic about right now?
1: Tangibly and, and how do you mean? Like, 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 uh, like I know I know what tangible means right. to people. <laughs> but, you know, and, and how do you mean in this scenario?
0: Um, the context would be, uh, like, you can almost feel it. Like, you're so happy about something. And it can be anything. But you're so happy. Like, you, you just, you see it coming to fruition. It's just a matter of of like, a win, but time doesn't even, time doesn't even play a factor because you you just like, you're so optimistic, like you, I don't know if that makes sense, like you're just so optimistic about something, it could be one thing, it could be multiple things, like I said, going beyond like, okay, I hope that my record does good in sales, beyond that hope, what is something that you're optimistically confident about?
1: Sure, um, well I'm definitely optimistic about the future of the career right now, um, the new record's been getting a lot of good traction, it's getting picked up in places I didn't even know these places knew my name um texas music pickers a very popular texas music red dirt americana music blog um found me somehow don't know and they've shown me a lot of love and um you know put me on their spotify playlist and it's gotten me a lot of uh, a lot of good little traction here so um that that was kind of weird to say it got me a lot of good little (laughs) no it's gotten me a lot of good traction so i'm you know really thankful to them and and that and so but it's just one of these ways in which i've seen the record you know have have a a good little bit of success to it so far so and and you know and i've been in talks with with these companies that um you know without getting too detailed um you know are going to help me hopefully better my career and dive off into it um the way i want to so you know i'm optimistic about that um and it's so funny because I was like so scared to put out the record because I was scared people would hate it of course but I mean you gotta at this point it's like well it's like you, you got to do it so mm-hmm. but it's it's going really well so I'm really optimistic about that I'm really um, looking forward to seeing how it moves in the future um, I'm really optimistic about just the fact of uh, what we we're just talking about the dichotomy of highs and lows mm-hmm. so you can't have the highs without the lows and so I mean this this past week for me has been pretty uh, uh pretty big emotional roller coaster to say the least without getting into um further detail it's been a pretty big emotional roller coaster so been a lot of a lot of ups and downs mostly downs so mostly downtrending. but with that being said knowing that the dichotomy exists of um you know the the higher you go the lower you fall lower you fall the higher you have to bounce up so it's you know just preparing for that that shot forward you know
0: that's actually even i think that's even being up like that's that's already like an optimistic uh goal in itself is like getting past, giving over that little hump of <clears throat> of your low to to know to where it's almost tangible like like in your head like it's so concrete that it's like oh yeah like cool it's this it's this will pass and we will progress you will progress you know yeah the project will progress
1: yep well a big uh, a big part of um you said friday um got me through it quite a bit because um, i was feeling really confused about the way i was feeling mm-hmm. um you know i was like down in the dumps and you know like just really grieving having a hard time um you know a lot of thoughts going on in my head and um you know just having a hard time coping and living with myself so and then um and you know and i was telling you guys like i you know we laid down to 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 rest take a nap and, and i was just having a hard time falling asleep and i couldn't do it i was, I was getting really choked up and like fighting back tears like i, I didn't feel okay yeah. and um and you said it's all right it means you're healing and and like for me in the time it's like I in the back of my mind I feel like I knew that but I needed someone to say it because in in that time where I was feeling down in the dumps I was confused mm-hmm. I was very confused about my emotions and why I was feeling that and and all you said was like it's okay it means you're healing and I needed that reminder yeah. so it's, and that's and that's all it is it's healing it's yeah, process it's
0: exactly and like that's that's one thing that I that I because that goes to like the instant gratification we're we're so used to it that's everybody in general especially in the in the technology technology technological world that we live in right now the point is um being okay with that and I even told somebody else something similar to that I was like just don't worry about being strong don't worry about being weak just go and live like in your case in this case because of how you're feeling I'm like it's cool like it's it's okay to feel like that and a lot of people want to try to fight that and like for me it's like I it's not that I don't I probably try to sometimes too but um I also understand. And for me, it happens more of like my ego because I, I, I tussle with that more in my head than I think anything else is my own ego. Now, whether, you know, other people see it or not, like it's very, it's very much an internal thing. Point is that it's okay to feel a certain way at that time because it's going to pass. Now, now there are certain points, scary points where like you, we start leading to like depression stuff, but like what I will argue is that if I'm around, I will try to help you. Yeah. which is the difference between having enablers and people sulking with you. And I'll, and at this point in the thought process that I have and the conversations that I do have with people all over is that. Like if, if I hear your issue, I will probably try to help you or at least navigate your thought process. So let's, not, let's say I am I don't know you well enough, but you tell me your problems. Well, all I'll try to do is just feed you optimistic words. So I say good a lot. I take that directly from Jocko and people are like, why are you saying good? I'm like, because you're, it's, it's all good because I know you're going to be okay. And I'm yeah. letting And I'll be the person to tell you, you're going to be okay. And, and that, that's to me, that's as far as I need to go with that is that that's all that needs to be said. Like, good. You're going to be okay. I can guarantee it. And, and like I said, I, there may be extremes that I haven't hit yet. Like with people. But of what I've been able to see now and retracting to you, Eddie, and like what we, we talked about Friday, it's like stuff like that. Like, yeah, we'll, you're, you're going to be, I, I promise, I can promise you um, that you will be okay. And we're, we're going to go. We're going to do what we need to do.
1: Mm hmm. It's going to happen. Yeah. Funny how we talked about uh, what are you optimistic about? Well, I'm optimistic. I will be optimistic. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny. It's a funny little scenario there.
0: Uh, one thing I just remembered right now is one of the questions we had, like, this was like a while, like, towards the beginning of this podcast series um where i said How, how's your reality mine's pretty great mm-hmm. and you're like Wh- whatever you optimistic so he says,
1: yeah. <laughs> he something like that shot you back with a joke yeah yeah mm.
0: you're like whatever whatever like, like i'm overly optimistic whatever and now <laughs> it's like like slowly and like the cool thing is because what i see and i didn't see this then but i saw it maybe halfway through where we're at now was like i can as long as, long as i keep feeding you words and as long as I know they come from my mouth, then it doesn't matter how long it takes because I will argue that there's a guarantee that change will happen, but that's where the communication thing comes in that's where all, all these other factors come in
1: yeah, super key man, super key,
0: so like you know seven months or let's say six four months ago when when I was in the i was I was already in this transition of like optimism and like speak like speaking literally a certain way uh because it's it's to me, it's put me back on a direction that I like and I'm comfortable with, um, which is optimism. But going from there to now and seeing, like, in essence, only from my point of view, seeing the, the band transition also um, over consistency. And I'm not saying I'm the full, like, there's so many variables, right, that, that take into all of our lives. But if I can remain consistent through all the other small things hopefully there would be change. And I I think I see that from my perspective
1: a little That's bit. That's fair. Yeah.
0: At least I at, at least like going back to where like I try to be consistent with my words more than not, you know, that, that I'm more worried about that than making an making a definite impact tomorrow because of something I said today. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not worried about the instant gratification because if I if I last longer than all those negative enablers, all those negative things and that's the cool thing about now with Gary Vee, Jocko, Tim Ferriss, like all these positive – and even Tim Ferriss talks about like – because he has uh, depression runs in his family.
1: And so, he went through depressive states himself, yeah, well, right? Yeah, suicidal stuff. And we'll get, we'll get into right. that
0: one day. Yeah, I'll probably do that maybe in a, within the next couple of weeks because it's in the Tools of Titans book. Um, but like he talks about that. But even him, because he's so consistent with his work and that allows him to stay focused, like, you know, it, it kind of just moves. You know, everything moves and – my whole point is like that consistency. If we can last longer than, and I say we, me now subtly associating myself with these guys that I look up to, that I that I'm learning from, um, if we last longer than the negativity, then it, then yeah, of course. It, I mean, at least I'll say, of course, it's gonna like it's gonna change, you know, for the better, for the optimist, for the more optimistic outcome. You know, yeah. that, that's just what's gonna happen.
1: This might sound kind of rhetorical, but is there ever a time when it's, um, when it's okay to not be optimistic?
0: Uh, I would say if it's, I would say bu- if it's business related, then you should consider like a pivot or a solution, but I would say there's a solution, you know, uh, actually here's an example I can give you is like going back to like my career choice and what I'm leading to now is I thought I was going to just play music for the rest of my life. You know, I had an idea of being a session player after doing this live gig for a while. Once I get a family, okay, I might transition to like session playing and even then, I wouldn't be able to live here in the valley for session playing because right. there's no country guitars here, you know, or country studios here.
1: You probably have to be in Nashville because right. there's really not a lot of session playing elsewhere.
0: Exactly, so. like the consistent session playing. Because I know like other guys like Nick and some of the other guys that we know, um, they do stuff like in Austin and stuff, but it's not consistent. Like their majority of their personal revenue is still gigging outside, mm-hmm. you know. So um, that would be my example is like that transition of like, okay, so I'm so I'm not gonna basically put all my net all my eggs in one nest yeah and being okay with that but then i i've found something else that i like as well you know like that that makes sense like Mm -hmm. i think that has a lot to do with it is finding those things that you like like one of the clients at nine round she she consistently asked me like how do you get the energy and it's like i have three jobs that i i'm cool with and right now it's two because it's only gigging and then nine round, you know. And then in the fall and spring I have school substituting, which I mean this is already our first semester of substituting, yeah. but it was still a great experience. And actually it's going to lead me to my business idea that I will talk about later. Um, but I would say it's okay to feel unoptimistic, but no, but you should hopefully know or like tell yourself that you, that it's something you can rebound from, and something you probably need to rebound from if you're not feeling optimistic about it. Then you need to consider some type of change. That'd be my. That'd be. That's what I say. It's fair. It's considering some type of change. Cause you. Can, I would say cause even like Friday when you're feeling down in the dumps, you know you're not feeling optimistic that day. But then you know kind of kind of eases up. Right now we're having a great conversation. You know you're but you're you're back to more in a neutral state at least. Yeah. You know, compared to Friday. Well, you know so what, even it, then that's still moving up, you know, right. Change.
1: Well, you know what it really um, comes down to for me is I'd, I, I asked that question, you know, is it ever okay to not feel optimistic? And then you're talking about, well, if you don't, then you need to consider doing something different, mm-hmm. um, a change, something that will get you in a, in a better direction and a healthier path. Um, something you can be optimistic about. And well, um, of course I have a huge love for Jason Isbell and Jason Isbell songs. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh yeah. yeah you know, he's just like, um, I think like a friend of, uh, a friend once put it as like he's like the Bob Dylan of this generation, which I like completely disagree with. I think he's better than Bob Dylan. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry. But uh I'm not a huge Dylan guy. Um Isbell really writes more about about the heart than the than the political climate. But anyway, so with the new record Jason Isbell just put out, well he put it out under Jason Isbell and the four hundred unit, which is the name of his full band, uh the four hundred unit. So, and the record is called The Nashville Sound, and the last track on the record is my favorite, um, probably my favorite song of the whole year. Uh, It's called Something to Love, and the chorus is, I hope you find something to love, something to do when you feel like giving up a song to sing or a tale to tell. Um, Something to love, it'll serve you well. So, it it trails back to, you know, like you you gotta enjoy what you do, because that's what, uh, ultimately, I guess, kind of what saves you.
0: Like you're saying, music, listening to music every day saves you. Yeah, it's the same thing, bro.
1: Well, like, and I was telling you, I was like, man, I'm having trouble finding my remedy music here. Yeah, like, you you know, <laughs> Yeah,
0: <laughs> we're on the road. It's like we have, we're like two, three hours in. It's like I st- there's no consistent music playing yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is odd. That's not normal.
1: Yeah, for sure. But you know, I really didn't like feel okay until we were on stage playing music. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what I love to do.
0: Yeah, right. So. And essentially, that that's part of the cleansing. It's yeah, part of just the, because again, a lot. A majority of listeners, if you're not a musician or like, it 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 might. I don't know if it does, but it might have a lot to do with being like artistically moving, like we move in an artistic way through music. So I think the emotion, the feelings, way different than you know. Now, if you have a nine to five and you love your nine to five, that's great. Like that, you should love it. That's what Simon saying talks about. That's that's, a, that's the change that he's a part of. And I'm trying to also just help people here that I know, that I talk to every day. The point is that you know, like. um well, I guess I, this is kind of rhetorical, but just, just like the feelings we get while playing. At least for me, and I know like us, we agree on this a lot. Gonzo's the same way, and he'll agree where we feel it. Like, we feel the vibe. Like, there's a vibe there. And a lot of people don't know what it is because they, they're having fun. They're out with their friends. They're drinking some beer. They're dancing. They're two-stepping. They're there with a boyfriend. They're with a girlfriend. They're with friends. And that's 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 the way they feel the vibe. Now, we feel the vibe. I, for me, it's very intuitive. Like, it's very uh in your head like at least for me where that emotion is is a, it's a tangible feeling when we're on stage at least that's how i feel it's fair that's what i was gonna get to is like is like for you like you know it was it was a cleansing it was a healing if you felt you felt better you know your your body chemistry changed too and but could we get back to that vibe where you have to get on the same wavelength as me and gonzo yeah so once once but once we hit that wavelength we coast and we're, then we have fun and we just, we're just doing it. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that we were delayed two hours. It doesn't matter that we, you know, did this or didn't do that or whatever. The point is that once we're on stage, it, for us, it's, it's a body chemistry train, change. At least that's my argument. I wish I could do like more research on this. I don't know how I do this, but regardless, the feelings we get, the vibes we get, um, you could probably measure like an EKG, you know, your your brain waves mm-hmm. and all that stuff. You could probably measure because it, cause it we, like I said, we get onto that wavelength, and we're going. Like, we're gone. Like, there's no stopping now. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. essentially, there's no stopping now.
1: Everything else is gone. And It's, it's more just in, that.
0: And it's more intense when the music's louder, when we have a bigger PA. Like, when we have... So, I know for sure, like, when we play... Like, when we play when H- there's enough guitar in my monitor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: So, when we have, like, you know, 10,000 watts, you know, of, of just energy. Because everything's energy. You know, like the sun, energy from the sun. You know, it's uh-huh. the same thing. So, so the movement, the the vibrations from the subwoofers, the vibrations from the from the towers and whatnot. Um, for when me, when
1: that kick drum hits your chest. Oh yeah, that, and you hear oof. and you hear that.
0: At least for me, when you hear it on that PA and you just hear that pop. It's like, damn, like yeah, right. So we're getting see, we're but we're on that same wavelength right now. Just just thinking about it puts you in that state of mind. Which yeah, is I'm awesome getting
1: excited right now. Because
0: yeah. and Tony Robbins talked about this. This is why I wish I could do more research on my, my own. But this is something he talks about: body chemistry change. Where if you can feel it. Then you're gonna you're gonna change. You're gonna do. You're gonna move to get close to that feeling, and like us talking about it right now is putting us on that. Like we know how it feels. We know how it is, and that's the whole that's the whole point is that us as musicians, as artistically driven people, human beings, that we tangible. It's it's a legitimate feeling, and it goes beyond like oh what is why what does that mean or what is that no like I'll tell I'll tell you what it is. You know at least from my perspective I'll tell you what it is. And it's it's a pure tangible feeling of. Of uh, that goes beyond any type of word like excitement or anything like that. It's beyond that.
1: Yeah. Good stuff. I like that. And even like uh, well, we we're talking about communication earlier, and it was very important for me to communicate to you guys why, and why I was feeling what I was feeling, mm-hmm. right? And not only are you guys friends and helping me move through that, but you're also my coworkers. Yeah. So it was like I was like, I I need you guys to understand why i may act the way i act today you know (laughs) yeah yeah
0: and essentially that that's that's probably one of the more interesting dichotomies because uh a lot of friendships a lot of things and or begin with business ventures and this is Mm -hmm. like ours and and for me the main thing like so far it seems okay to be going on business ventures with friends but the spousal business venture it's it still holds true to where it, it does not work like if you, I'm saying, I'm saying if you go wholeheartedly into like some type of a conventional business. Now entrepreneurship, you see it work all the time. Tony Robbins and his wife work together. Um, there's this show that Brian just told me about called fixer uppers. It's a husband and wife out of, I think Dallas or the Dallas area. And they fix up home. I think they're like on, on a uh, HGTV or one of those TVs on oh, channels on TV where they fix houses, they flip them, they, they sell them right. And a husband and wife, you know, and I feel like, there might be change as far as the entrepreneurial thing, but when let's say you're trying to open, um, uh, what's another, uh, let's say you're trying to open a, a Chick-fil-A, you know, and, and if, if this is your first business venture and then you want your spouse or your spouse wants to help or whatever, I think there's there, the, 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 direction needs to be very specific in who takes what role and not it, not it be a influential movement. We're like, Oh, uh, babe, can you do this? It's like, no, you talk to him. Hey, Tony, I need you to do this. You know, like, it needs to be very directed in a business standpoint. And mm-hmm. like, a lot of businesses for sure fail because they get too personal like that. And ours is very interesting because we were friends first.
1: Right. That's very true. <laughs> we were friends first. Um, but C.S. Lewis writes in the friendship section of The Four Loves, he writes about how friendship develops and friendship develops over um, over common you know, crossing sections of the life, right, cross sections of, of the aspects of life, right? Okay. So, it's like, for example, it's like, oh, we, we both, uh, when we were in middle school, it's like, um, we both played baseball, yeah. um, we both, uh, we were on the same baseball team, you know, um, we're, uh, we both enjoy music, we both enjoy country music, yeah. um, you know, we both really enjoy Kenny Chesney's album, When the Sun Goes Down, yeah. you know, one of those, it's a very specific one, yeah, but, uh, you know, um so it's like things like that where uh, friendships develop out of that common interest or shared interest or um, also shared struggles. Yeah. So uh, for uh, for example, you may feel um, friendships start to take place with coworkers when you're uh, maybe the work environment isn't very healthy and you're sharing struggle. You're like, oh, boss man was, a, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, man, yeah. I just, yeah, just yeah, suck today. Yeah. Yeah, today sucked, didn't it? Like working overtime or whatever. yeah, you find that interest and that friendship develops out of that, right? Whereas, um, with love, um, there's not always friendship at the start that from love, you may gain friendship, may turn into friendship as well yeah. and be those two existing things, um, together, but, um, it doesn't have to start as friendship is, is what is unique to love.
0: Mm, that's interesting. I, I, yeah. I need to read that book. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, and we'll get, do that. And that'll be, that'll probably be another turning point. Cause honestly, when you got me wild at heart last year, that was a big turning point for me. And so like. I I only foresee that, you know, whenever, uh, I I gained, like Brian got me meditations by Marcus Aurelius and that was a turning point in the, in the, in the fall when you got me Wilder Heart last summer and I read it and it's like, man, you know, that, that, that was a big turning point. So like knowing that past, I already foresee like what will happen with future books that you get me, that you that you then or or tell me, hey, and you should read this book. And I'm more than likely gonna read it. I'll get to it. But just knowing where it's more than likely gonna lead is what, like, lets me hold off to where, like, I have good space where I can digest it properly. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's super, that's super interesting for the whole, like, love to friendship, not friendship build up to love. Right. Or at least that's a possibility of where it could grow, you know. Um, lately, I honestly, I've been seeing a lot more, like, on TV, like, TV and, like, internet and stuff, um, where, some, like, a lot of people that knew each other when they were young, like, we're saying, like, five years old, are now getting married and stuff. Like, I've seen a few, I've seen that more often now than before, I guess. It's something that I noticed, speaking of, you know, C.S. Lewis in this book, um, was I just noticed that. It's like, hmm, that's interesting, you know. Imagine someone, like, that you knew, that you've known for, in our, in our case, 22 years, you know, and then get to a point where you guys... Hey, let's 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 try this thing out and then you end up getting married, you know, to this person that you've known for over twenty years already. And yet we're only twenty five, you know, something like that. It's pretty crazy. Very cool. This would be the last main question. I have I have a good rhetorical question that we can all ponder on because I've been pondering on it now, but when I read it I'm like, no, nah, this would be good to just let you, Eddie, and let others think about but before that, are there any meaningful things? you've been wanting to do or and what are like what are what are some meaningful things you've been meaningful as far as like giving value to others like what is something what are things that you've been that you have been thinking about or want to consider once you get to a certain point that you're able to do it
1: I guess it's it's um for me I just really want to help people get through things um I was talking about this um with another friend of mine the other day that, like, life is hard. Really, really hard. Um, it, huge understatement of just, like, say hard and then two reallys before it. <laughs> like, you know, it's, um, like, life can really suck. And life is, like, overwhelming. It's overbearing. Um, the way we fun or not function, but the way we are wired, we tend to remember a lot more negative things than we do positive things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the way we are as human beings. Yeah. So, at... I just think life is just really hard, man. It's a tough machine. And uh it chews you up, it spits you out and and I feel like that's the purpose of us being here on the planet together is we're here to help each other, you know, get through these things and make life a little more um bearable. And in that sense it it gives, you know, the the suffering we share together um gives life the meaning that it that it has. Yeah. You know. So with that grand thing being said, um I don't know, I really just wanna help people just get through things, mm-hmm. and then I, I guess in a selfish way, I kind of seek that in return <sighs> well, that's that's what I feel like we're here to do
0: right well let let that be a let that be a part of the pondering for you eddie um mm-hmm. and any everybody else listening um for uh, as far as meaningful one thing i've been uh thinking about lately is. What, what am I after? Like I've been really into like the results am my after. What am I looking for? And finally, I would say like Friday and then I solidified it yesterday morning before going to sleep. When I got home after picking up Luis and everybody or doing what I need to do in the morning. But before going to sleep, I needed, I wanted to write this out just so I can at least keep it in my brain. But one thing I saw a lot throughout the school year for the at least for the gigs that i was able to substitute um, was kids not having pencils and like certain school supplies for whatever reason so i said okay there's one thing and then i heard uh blake i I don't remember i can't i can't pronounce his last name but his name's blake he's the founder and creator of tom's tom shoes and he had a trip to argentina and he was gonna spend like a month over there and Ended up finding, finding this cause. And for listeners, if you know the Tom story, then you, you know what I'm going to say. But for those who haven't heard the Tom story, um, I heard it for the first time on uh, on Tim Ferriss' podcast, his latest episode for this week. And Blake, Blake explains, like, how we went through basically creating Toms. So he went to Argentina, and he saw that some kids, they didn't have shoes. And it, the, from what I understand, if you don't have shoes, you can't go to school. Like, you need to have shoes to go to school over there, I guess. So, he found out how they make. I guess these specific shoes that they have over there, because I guess because of the ground and stuff, there's like very specific on materials that they use. So, Blake started this business to where if you bought a pair of shoes, then a shoe, a pair of shoes would be made for these kids. And he has very, he had very specific goals. Like he only, he only, needed, he only needed like I think like ten or fifteen thousand shoes, pairs of shoes, right? And. uh... It then just scaled into this thing, a business, a, a prosperous business, right? Everybody knows who Tom, like what Toms are, for the most part. And when I first saw the shoes, I was like, really, like that's like those pair, like that's what's driving people. Now, after hearing the story, that might that might have been the closer to have people buy their shoes, because for every pair of shoes you buy, you then send a pair of shoes to Argentina for these kids, which is awesome. So, after listening to that, I was like, well, okay, I know kids. I'm gonna see kids a lot more often because I'm gonna be substituting a lot more often, especially now with this cause that I'm gonna to try to create here in the valley. Um, so basically, I'm gonna create customized pencils, but for every depending on the supply you buy, it then provides X for the student for kids, mm. and it's going to be paid for through that. Now I haven't gone all figured, but that's the general idea. Now Friday night into Saturday morning on the drive back, when I was like thinking, like it clicked in my head, I'm like, I can do that. I can, I can basically essentially used and it's funny because this doesn't go on record on the internet but using finding a template that I this is what I told Brian I'm like I think I found a business even if it's not profitable it's a business regardless that I'm I'd be willing to go on an adventure on you know doing and, and I, I think I already have a market the kids I see throughout the school year I don't have to go out and preach on the internet I just show you what I'm doing like the way I'm doing right now on Instagram and, and Facebook and everything but that's the idea. So yesterday I started uh, making these pencils like online to see how much it was gonna cost me and what I need to do to uh, then purchase so I can start selling and then start getting these pencils to these kids. And it probably won't happen until fall. Like that's my goal is the fall. So I have two and a half, about, or about a month and a half till school starts. So I have like that's my timeline. I give myself that that stretch to do a little bit every day to where I can. So hopefully by August when I start substituting again, when we start sub 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 subbing again. Um, I would have supplies to give, and like earlier today, I was talking to somebody, and she was like, "Oh, I'll, I'll buy like she's like, I want some of those pencils." So I'm like, okay, I already have a market of one, which is good, you know. Good start. So it's like, okay, so that's one thing meaningful that I'm trying to that I have just started yesterday into today. So this is two days in the making, and by the time people hear this on Thursday, you know, it'll be a week later, and hopefully, I'll I'll be more along this process of what I want to do. But th- again, the general idea is to. Create also office supplies for people that I know, but that money, that revenue will keep buying supplies but then provide free supplies for kids. And this will start with kids that I do know and teachers that I know that I can give them to. Because another thing I hear from kids is like, oh, I'm poor. And a lot of things I hear from teachers of all schools, the school you go to, the three schools that I primarily sub at, and other clients that are teachers – Everybody has their little demographic of "quote unquote" unfortunate kids, right? So that's a parallel that I found. Like, okay, guys, you guys all have unfortunate kid, or like, you know, just not the best standing kids uh, as far as like uh, uh, financially, right? So um, that's uh, that's gonna be the adventure that that's gonna hit up this fall, and we'll see where it goes. I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited, and I am not gonna show it because my 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 brain's like pondering, so I don't want to get like too ahead of myself. One thing I told Brian was that, "I'm like, dude, it it, it almost seems too simple, because I found a supplier, I found how I can do that like now, and like I can essentially start like ASAP, um with minimal capital, and there's no because I'm doing everything myself for now, um, and he's like, he's like, I, so I gave him the layout, which is I gave him a little more than what I gave you guys, the listeners, but he's like, he's like simple and with a purpose. He's like, he's like it'll work." Like, he, he agrees with it. So I said, okay, let me let me continue on this movement to get some of these supplies. And then, essentially, once I go from teachers and certain schools, we'll then branch out to principals. We'll then hopefully branch out to school districts. And then from there, honestly, I'm not even worried about where it's going to go. I just want – honestly, the ultimate goal right now is getting school supplies to kids. And that's all kids. Like, I don't – I mean, I'm not – gonna say oh because you're more fortunate than the other kid you're not gonna get supplies no i mean they're gonna the purpose is supplies for kids and uh i know i've talked about this quite a bit especially we've had some stories where i brought in like these kids that i hear they tell me their stories and finally finally i feel like finally now i can go somewhere and help them with actual tangible things that they need not some bs like saying or or uh, uh raising their hopes so it's customized pencils all the way around that's what i'm gonna start with And then venture out to other types of office supplies that I will hopefully reach other people.
1: Very cool. I'm excited to see how that develops and grows and goes.
0: So, we'll close it up there. I'm going to leave you with two final questions to ponder on. These aren't to answer. And, Eddie, I want you to take these two. And then we'll do the social media info and we'll be out of here. So, what are five things you can do to help a person you see every day? How will you fulfill that? Not how can you fulfill that? How will you fulfill that?
1: Hmm.
0: So we'll close with that. And Eddie, if you want to give your social media, we can
1: show. Switch. Show thing. Uh Instagram at E D D I E underscore S-A-E-N-Z three. So that's Eddie underscore signs and then the number three. Twitter is the same thing without that underscore. So Eddie signs three. And then Facebook, if you're going to do that, uh, please check out my music page. It's going to be facebook.com slash eddiesignsmusic. Or if you just want to find me at eddiesignsmusic.com, and then you can find all those things. <laughs> One stop shop.
0: And you have your CD for sale. You have the EP out also.
1: I do, yeah. All those things uh, available uh, under the store tab at my website.
0: And he has T-shirts, too. Hell yeah. <laughs> So for my social media, my Snapchat is Andy Walker Lead. That's all to, altogether. Andy Walker Lead. For my Twitter and Instagram, it's it's Andy Walker underscore Lead. Again, that's for my Instagram and Twitter. Andy Walker underscore Lead. For my Facebook, it's Facebook.com forward slash Andy Walker Leads. You can like that page. Um, as far as this little biz, business venture I have for the kids. Um, I will be creating like a new page for all of that stuff, and it seems like I now I now I don't know what I'm gonna do with the website because <laughs> I bought the domain, but we'll we'll see what we'll see where the website goes. It's gonna change now, obviously. Oh, at least for me, it's obvious that I'm gonna not use it for its intended purpose. Um, but you can find me on all that stuff. Um, I'm gonna leave you with this final quote, and we'll be out here. You're always one decision away from a totally different life.